Like many of you, we battle depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. And now, the When Words Fail Music Speaks interview. Hey everybody, thank you for watch, for listening to When Words Fail Music Speaks. I'm your handicapped host, James Cox. I have a, a very, very, very special guest with us today. Um, so let me tell you about it first and then we'll, we'll uh, get, to talk, get to talk to him. Uh, Minerva, who is getting ready to release his EP Talk Too Much in, like, what, like three days? Um, yeah, on the, Friday. Yeah, right, yeah, Friday the 15th. Um, so Minerva uh, mixes the unrolls to create a rap rock sound best described as, as uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, meets Lincoln Park. Uh, his previously released songs from this year include Stuck, about dealing with mental health and core to life crisis, about the pressures of society to achieve, to achieve certain milestones at, by the age of 25. Uh, like I said, we are, in, we are excited to, um, to get him on the show with, you, with us today. I can't figure out why she left me My picture perfect memories playing our paper still I can't figure out why she left me And the worst part is that I've learned nothing Yeah, my picture perfect memories still I can't figure out why she, she left me And the worst part is that I keep playing Hey, how are you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic, James. Thanks so much for having me. Right, right, right. Yeah, okay, so... You know how I look at names, or 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 you know how I how, how you look at names one way and okay that's I said something else you know. Mhm. Okay. So I thought your name was Nerva, but it's Minerva, right? Yes, it would be. Okay. So I noticed your your um diamond eyes Deftones poster in the background, and I can't be more oh. of a fan of Deftones. So, oh, completely. Dude, okay, so did you know this album? I, I, yes, I thought, I thought, I, I, man, okay, so for anybody who's listening in on the, um, on the, on the audio podcast, I'm holding up the Deftones self-titled record, and, uh, and track number three is, is titled Minerva. Dude, I can't be more, more, um, like your best friend right now, because Deftones are it. Dude, I uh, I got into them. I want to say, oh god, it was I was probably about like sixteen or seventeen around the time. Like, Cornyokian uh, had just come out, and, yeah. or was just about to come out, and I was like, this band is so cool. It's like Radiohead but heavier, and I yeah. love this. And I was starting to get into the progressive rock stuff at the time, but uh, yeah, m- uh, my artist name Minerva is actually from the Deftones song. So uh, I was working at a guitar shop. I was like, oh god, twenty twenty seventeen. I want to say, and. Uh, I was on my last day and I was like, oh my God, there's got to be more to life than this, this working a day job and doing this whole thing. And uh, yeah, Minerva by Deftones came out and shuffle and I don't know why, but I just heard it in such a different way. I was like, whoa, what if someone took like the shoegaze like aspects of like what Deftones does and like puts like modern like hip hop production on top of it and like, you know, 
that was kind of the start of like my journey as Minerva. And so a lot of the early singles I released, like Geek growing up and Bad Guy was all like, cool, let's do like this atmospheric guitar stuff with like this trap drums and see what happens. From there, the sounds has just kind of evolved. And when I discovered like what Minerva is, the Roman goddess of wisdom, I was like, okay, cool. Like I want to share my, my, like share my wisdom and everything I've learned in my life, like, you know, with people. And I also want to like take the conventional wisdom of alternative music and flip it on its head, like what you can do with rock and rap. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, man, you you couldn't have said it better. And I always ask ask my uh, the, 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 my my guests on the show which which band would they prefer, um, Lincoln. I mean, not 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 Lincoln Park. Um, Death Tones or Incubus. And Ooh. the majority of it, it goes to Incubus, but I but my, but my love is a heart and soul is and it's in the Death Tones, dude. It's great. Well, I so. remember like. I mean, White Pony of this day is one of, like, the most consistent records of all time. And, yeah. like, uh, the, the remix album they made for it, too, was also fantastic. I mean, that was, like, mainly what I played last year. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned White Pony because that's my favorite album. And I had to get the uh, the double LP deluxe album that just released, like, like, yep. like, like three months ago, maybe. I'm like, oh, mm, my God, my like favorite. That. Yeah, it's, like, my favorite album of all time. So, yeah, it's, um... Um, so you're from Germantown, Maryland, correct? Uh, yes, I am. All right. It's like a small suburb outside of D.C. Okay. No, no, well, 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 I lived in D.C. for years because my dad was a, it, is a, uh, was a, uh, a military colonel in the, in the, in the Air Force. So we oh, were cool. stationed, stationed in, in, in outside D.C. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, so what? What was what is or was the music scene um, down in Maryland like? You know, where I grew up, uh, definitely there was like three kids who did music was kind of the thing. Like I grew up in like a small, small suburb, but um, we all kind of found each other and uh, had our own little music scene of like three different bands. But uh, yeah, I, I grew up in a uh, a Rush cover band back oh, in the nice. day. Nice, yeah. yeah. So like, you know, I was playing like neo part drum parts and ended up singing a lot of the songs too and then we did a lot of other classic rock and that was how we started like writing music was then like you know we'd just be jamming and riffs would like you know come out and uh that was really the beginning of like my songwriting journey and so uh i remember being pushed a lot by like local bands for like you know they all had like these really sky high voices and i'm over here like i don't know how to sing and (laughs) so uh yeah we kind of they pushed me to like you know be a better at that instrument and also just be a better drummer because right. I was like I have to be the best drummer in my town because I'm super competitive and yeah. I remember like when I was like 12 or 13 there was a kid who was better than me he was like younger than me I was like that can't happen and so I, I just like you know dived in for like you know ever playing drums and it, to this day like the fact that I'm a drummer helps my songwriting and artistry as Minerva so much I'm so glad I took all those years to like really Learn. focus on that own craft right right so um so playing in a in a Rush cover band um was the like Neil Peart's drums are like harder than any other but any other drummer I I think you know except John Bynum but you know we can't you know um but um was it was it easy to learn his parts for for the songs or because I heard on a on a YouTube channel that uh that Tom Sawyer song um what was hard for him to play even and he created the song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely the, so I joined that band. Oh God, I would have been like 13 or 14 at the time or something like that. And so 
like my, my dad's a drummer too and i remember going into that initial audition and he i had to audition like spirit of radio and it has that whole crazy intro at the beginning and my dad was just kind of laughing like there's no way some 13 year old kids know how to play this and then i get there and like they can all play uh, guitar and bass players can play it like note for note and everything and he's just sitting here like oh so i like whole <laughs> shot my way through it made it work but yeah. uh as I got older with the band, it was like, okay, cool. I was playing the parts more correctly. I was playing much simplified par- versions, like when I was like 13 and 14. But like, yeah, by the end of it, it was like, I just really loved the way like Pert and Bonham and all these other like, you know, incredible drummers, like were just creative with their parts. And to this day is always how I approach music in general. It's like, you know, drums is how I learned how to be creative. And now I use that exact same principles for lyrics. I use that same principles for melodies. It's just... Yeah music has always been very mathematical to me and it's really cool how like you know you can use use it to make people feel something right right all right so let's settle the score between bottom and uh pert because there are many many you know pert fans many many bottom fans and so who in your heart do you feel find it to be like a better drummer coming from a listener not an actual player i, I don't play drums and you know by all means i think bottom has the bottom is the I don't want to say better because Lil Pert's pretty badass too. Uh, but I think Bonham has has more, much more of a sustain, I guess you would call it. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, Bonham, the way I look at Bonham is every time he played the instrument, you knew it was him. Like he was extremely distinctive in that way. It wasn't the type of drum set. Like you get on any drum set, he could get on like a Hello Kitty drum set and it would still sound like John Bonham. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Pert, Pert, on the other hand, he was a lot more technically proficient. He was like Bonham. I love him, but he was very sloppy, especially as he drank more and more as he got older, yeah. like going on the later records. And uh, yeah. Pert, on the other hand, it was like everything was like a piece of classical music to him. And so Bonham had a lot more of the. the uh, unpredictability i'd say and pert was much more like all right cool i'm writing this part i'm gonna play this song the exact same way now for the rest of my life and then the audience is gonna be air drumming it the exact same way for their entire life <laughs> right, right right and so I, I think that they both have like different skills i think that they both were equally influential in like different schools of music because like you wouldn't have had pert without bonham but like you know i think bonham was a lot more in the like okay cool a lot of metal drummers are being influenced by him now and i think pert was definitely a lot more like the progressive rock and like what can we do with drums like how crazy can we get this with time signatures and now like you know people like you know pork Bentry or like uh dream theater and all these other like progressive rock bands of, of yesterday and today they all were like cool let's take hurts foundation and just go crazy with it and right. i mean it's insane what people do in music nowadays yeah. like even though i'm i don't make metal i've always i've always been a huge metalhead and it's really fun to like you know see how musical all that like sound has become. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I read in in a, in a re- in a previous interview that um that you take inspiration from rap, rock, and and metal, and of course um, musical theater. Yes. Um. So which one and which out of those genres I just mentioned speaks to you the most, and why? You know, right now I am in such a metalhead phase, man. Like all I listen to is like the yeah kind of stuff, and it's like I, I love it. It's just. <laughs> There's something cathartic about it, man. And like, I mean, we were talking Deftones. Like, if Chino's yeah. like, you know, screaming like, yeah, shut it, shut it, shut it. It's like it just speaks to my soul. It makes yeah. me really happy. Yeah. But um, the, 
I'd say probably as a songwriter, uh, musical theater really did a lot for me from like how I approach different types of music. And I think that influence is really what separates me from a lot of other rappers and a lot of other rock artists. Like uh, for my debut EP, Talk Too Much, uh, I have like an overture track, for example, where like, you know, it proceeds to foreshadow every song that's about to come. And then the last song, the interview kind of acts as like a finale track because like I'm referencing every song that came before it, like in the second verse. And so I'd say that that's the one that definitely makes me the most unique, I'd say, in my genre. And there's something about musical theater storytelling. It's like you're able to tell this long form story over like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours, three hours, like, you know, in the whole course of the show. And I'm like, cool, how can I do that in music when I only have like three minutes in a song or like 30 minutes in a record? And it's it's a really fun challenge for me. And I really enjoy it. Nice, nice, nice. Um, so, um Knowing that you had inspiration in musical theater, were you were were you in theater in high school, or like did uh, you just watch, like you know? I was, I okay. was. Nice. I did not kidder, consider myself a theater kid. If I'm being honest, I definitely looked at it like, all right, well, my school is really small and has no music program and no choir program, so I want to do music stuff. I guess I gotta do theater. I gotta learn how to act. Right. And it was just, uh, it was very much a means to an end for me. And then I got to college and uh, I ended up writing a 21 Pilots jukebox musical. Uh, It was a huge passion project of mine, but uh, I just had the idea and I was like, well, I've never done this before, but screw it. Let's like dive into this. And uh, it, it was probably one of my proudest accomplishments was like, you know, getting that thing like on uh, off, off Broadway back in the day. And uh, I ended up actually getting a cease and desist letter for it. So the project's completely dead now. But at the same time, it very much taught me a lot about uh, creativity and just, you know, in general, how to like take a project from ground zero and then like make it out. Yeah. I do have some, some, um, some questions about that project, but that's, um, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, mm-hmm. so, so at what age did you want, did, did you know you wanted to be a musician? Was it like very, very early or did you like out of high school, like, hmm, well, this could be a good, a good career for me. I definitely think, uh, I first had the ideas around the time I was like 15, 16, I want to say, uh, like when I started really writing my own music, like with, uh, my, my high school band, we were called Remedy. Like right. that was, uh, really <laughs> what, uh what got me the wheels turning on that but uh, I really just didn't have the confidence to implement that yet I was like I just in my head real thought that I was going to be the worst artist ever like I just assumed that the rest of the world was so much better than me and then I went to college just to realize actually I'm a lot better than some of these people these people are kicking my ass but like I'm not nearly as bad as I thought I was and so that was a a very illuminating experience especially coming to nashville where like you know everybody and their mother is a musician and so i don't know i I really got serious about the artist thing around 2018 or so when i first started developing what i wanted minerva to be but uh i was definitely a late bloomer i mean i was already 21 by that point and you know now i'm now i'm 25 and i'm like all right well i'm still trying to figure this out but i think i'm on the right right steps finally and it feels really good so were you a big Caesar fan? Because I've heard the, because I've heard the, 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 you 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 named your band Remedy and that shook. I'm like, okay, well, you must listen to Caesar. Uh, you know, uh, at the time, it, uh, I I love Caesar. Like, oh, John yeah. is yeah. an incredible singer. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. and the band the band just they write hit after hit for a reason. But uh, 
I don't think we were named Remedy after the Seether song. Okay. I think we did it after. Um, I think we were just looking for cool band names. We had been through like so many in the course of like being with that band. We were like, we started as WDB, which is just all of our last name acronyms. We were then like uh, Throwback. We were Alibi. We were Syzygy. We were so many things. And so when we finally got to Remedy, we were like, okay, are we happy? Thank you. Let's just make music, damn it. The socks. <laughs> yeah, dude, because. Uh... Well, see, see, with the eye of a strange, of strange Jack appearing, appearing words, and it re- instant re- instantly reminds me of songs. Like, okay, well, that's Caesar song, Remedy, and I, I'm just worried like that. You know, you, you know how that can be sometimes. You know, uh, I love that man. That's awesome. <laughs> I have such like a vast knowledge of useless stuff. You know, it's just oh, dude, all, dude, all that's the way to live life. That's right. All useless knowledge, right? Yes, sir. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh. So um. So what were your first steps in becoming a, a to do the musician career for anybody who wants to be a musician themselves? What advice what advice do do you have to do uh you know, first you gotta do this and then this you know? Get really good at your craft. Like spend spend the time like, you know, being in the cave, learning how to produce, learning how to write, like whatever angle you want it to be. Like, I know for me, I don't produce. Like I can make a demo. I can do it. But like, it's really not my strong suit. Cause I knew I want to be a writer. I want to be a performer. So like I played a million live shows, like as a drummer. And then also I'm working on it as a singer right now, but basically work on your craft to the point where you can't be ignored anymore. Like before you get started, I think there's nothing wrong with like taking your time. I think so many artists want to like rush into like, Okay, I wrote a song. Got to release it tomorrow. It's like no, no, no. Like, take your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make yeah. sure that you're ready for this, and like in every way. I mean, I know I'm just finally starting to play like Minerva shows right now, and I'm so glad I like performed in my basement for like a thousand plus hours on end. Like you know, when I was at home, just at the time it was for like free therapy because I just wanted to scream at something. <laughs> but it's like cool. I now know how to perform, which is really essential. And I feel like so many of like my buddies who like blow up on TikTok, like they then have to play a live show and they don't know what they're doing on it. Right. On my end, I got to work on my social media craft because that's definitely a skill. Right. But, and that's the thing, like everyone has their own superpowers, but like work on that power, if that makes sense. It does. Cause, cause the, 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 the more you get comfortable with yourself, the more it is like, you know, for other people to, to enjoy, you know, exactly. Cause, cause yeah. if you're not and enjoying I, it, neither are, 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 is, is are your fans, you know? No, not, not whatsoever. And uh, I, I see it like this. If I, if I can get a fan, like a fan every show, even if it's just one fan, like new fan, that is, that's a win. You know what I mean? And so that that's how I always look at like, always play for like 10 people the same way you would 10,000 is how I see it. And my, my love of 21 Pilots really taught me that. And my love of Linkin Park and all these other like, you know, incredible live bands. And I, I think that slowing the process down is good. Like, you don't need to blow up by like 21. And like, that was really hard to teach myself. Cause I mean, I have a whole song back quarter life crisis where I'm like, wow, like society says I should like be married and have kids and have a successful job and be like rich by now. And it's like, no, it, we all take everything at our own time and that's okay. And yeah. it's like, you know, and that includes the artist career. Like I'm releasing my first project at 25. I mean, we're going to see what happens, but like, you know, if I don't make it till 30, that's okay. Right. Like Lizzo was 32 when she finally started popping off. And I love that. I think a, a great example of like, you don't have to be like young is relative. Exactly. exactly. And, um, and that's why my, me and my co-host created this podcast. Cause it, 
because I talked about stuff that makes me happy is music, you know, and yeah. uh, and we really cater cater to uh, people with depression because we 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 don't want them to go through what we've been through when 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 or you know whenever we get depressed, and so I think that's a good thing that that that, uh, that you're making music too, you know, because everybody needs a little like like um, upper in their life, I guess. And music, oh, yeah. and music is like the it, you know. Music is very good for you instead of pills, you know. I mean, of course, like, go to your doctor. You know, I'm not saying that, but I mean, <laughs> you know, but music helps anything, you know, anything and everything, you know. It's the perfect way to feel understood, to feel understood and heard from someone you don't even know. Right. Exactly. Yes. Which I think is a powerful thing, and I know my goal as an artist is like if I can give someone that voice to like you know talk about that thing that they haven't known how to say because like i've dealt with a lot of depression in my life and it's definitely it's the worst especially when you feel like you're alone in it and i'm like hey like there's if i can get one thing out with my music it's like hey there's nothing wrong with asking for help and you're not the only one going through this like i love artists like nf or like 21 pilots who like you know really can foster that message and i want to be part of that wave as well exactly exactly uh so so you began writing the musical from your favorite band's album, Blurface by 21 Pilots, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And you also made a trailer that went viral um, that got 2,500 Instagram followers in two days. Uh, that was a wild experience, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first question that I have for you is, uh, uh, what was the motivation that you had for taking on the, on the script for a musical? Better yet, 21 Pilots. You know, man, I uh, it was very organic, that whole process. Uh, I was listening to, uh, to Blurry Face. I, I really loved the concept of, like, you know, that we all have, like, you know, this thing that, like, you know, represents all of our flaws and all of our doubts that Ty- Tyler Joseph had created. And I remember hearing the last song on the record, uh, Goner, and I was like, oh, my God, I see a stage show when I'm hearing this, especially, yeah. like, when he gets to the, like, Zola! like part and everything i was just like this is i see exactly what this would look like someone should make a musical of this i'm gonna make a musical of this yeah yeah exactly yeah. and it's like i was terrified of that prospect but like i was i was 18 and really naive and so i was like let's do it and so uh i started just drafting an outline of like what that would even look like like what songs i'd want to put on it I knew I wanted it to be like American Idiot where like the whole album plays like an order. Yes. But then I started like putting different songs in for like where I needed connecting tissue between songs. Cause like they didn't make sense, but like I want the first act. I mean, I was done with the first act, like outlining it and everything I, really quickly. I was done in like three or four months. And then the rest of the show took me a lot longer to uh, formulate and make it happen. But uh, yeah, really the inspiration was uh I had a friend of mine uh, commit suicide when I was a uh, when I was a senior in high school, and just my my girlfriend at the time, uh, she was really close with him, and I just remember her uh, just going through the ringer with it, and just with that grief and everything. And so I really wanted to just talk about the grieving process and like what it takes to like you know get o- like to move forward from a tragedy because you never move on; you just like learn how to how to accept it. And so that that's really what that show became, and it. Uh, it was, it really touched a lot of people. I know like it gave a lot of good and bad reactions when I posted it online, but um, from the people who saw it, cause like I did a workshop in, in Nashville and then I did a performance in New York. I mean, people were always like, Matt, this is really beautiful and you need to like put this out somewhere. And yeah. so 
it felt really cool to like, even though it took me like four years to finally release that trailer and like, you know, get that crazy response. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my God, like people either were like, you're brilliant or were sending me death threats. I wish I was kidding. I literally got a lot of death threats. Really? You know, 15 year olds. It was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. They're, uh, they made a lot of assumptions about the show. Like they thought that the main character was Tyler Joseph and I'm over here like, it's not his story. It's my story. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just, uh, when I got the cease and desist letter, I kind of cheered. I'm not going to lie. Cause I was like, okay, finally, like, the cyberbullying can end. This is so much. But then also it was like, all right, well, now I can focus on my other projects. And I already had all my Minerva stuff ready to go, like at that point. So uh, I pivoted and released my first single. And that was uh, the beginning of this journey. Nice, nice. Well, good. Well, congratulations. Because good music is really, really helping a lot of people, you know. And and it's helped me some too. so okay, so let's talk about the season and, and and the sis letter if you don't mind. Um, so yeah, so during your whole um, writing the script, when did you receive it? And and uh, and did and did the band write you or did your lawyers or I mean like who, you know? Uh, so it was definitely the the label. It was uh, Warner Chapel Music. Okay. Uh, I actually have it framed in my room. Oh, because yeah. who else? You <laughs> right? You might as well, well you know. It's a good reminder that like I I did that. You know what I mean? Like I was able to take this project to the end, even though it didn't go my way. And like, like I have only the utmost respect for everyone at Warner Chapel and 21 Pilots. Like there's no ill will whatsoever. On right, right. But um, I was on draft 17, I want to say at the time. Cause like I straight up taught myself how to do this from scratch. So like, you know, that whole thing I said about working on your crafts, like I really took the time to like, make sure it was good before I like, you know, send it out. But what happened was I ended up emailing their manager probably three weeks after the um, the launch of the trailer situation. Cause uh, I was starting to like, not lose traction, but it was like, okay, cool. Like I'm, I'm, I'm only getting a few follows a day instead of like hundreds anymore. And I'm like, okay, let's uh, I think it's time to like make my pitch. Like I've, I've gained like 3,500 like people interested in this project now. And let's see if I can uh, have that be a sizable sample chunk to like get 21 pilots involved. And so I emailed the manager cause his emails on their Facebook page, and from there, uh, the uh, sadly there was no response, and they sent me the cease and desist back. But you know, I tried my best, and I got no regrets. To to me, it would be more beneficial that they that they would work with you. You know, get blurry face out there, and you got to have a like a like a badass you know musical on on your hands. So I wonder why they didn't they didn't want uh, to play along. They actually would have gotten like two thirds of my profits because uh, the way musicals work, it's like okay, um, say a ticket's a hundred dollars, like they um, so, uh, sorry, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, uh, okay. say a uh, ticket's like a hundred dollars, you would get a uh, the writers get eight percent of that, and then they split that three ways: one for the book writer, one for the lyric writer, one for the music writer. Mm-hmm. But they would have been two thirds of that, so right. like they actually would have had more to gain than I would. Yeah. It was a bad project on my end. But uh, the, I think that they saw how controversial it was with the fan base because it wasn't like universally received. And I think that they were like, we need to make this go away, especially because they were taking with Trench and with Scaled and Icy Now, they were really trying to take like the concepts from Blurry Face in a different direction than what I wanted to do with it. And like, again, I'm not in their camp. They didn't know me from Adam. I, had, I, I was a nobody, you know what I mean? And so it, it made sense why they did that i i knew i took a huge risk when i I started the project and 
hey, it didn't pan out, but it was worth it. There you go. Right. Yeah, because, uh, you know, you, you never know something unless you try, you know, and the, and the fact that you tried really, really uh, shows a lot about you, you know. So it also a lot about anybody who actually tries, you know, to get what they want, you know. So Yeah, I, I had a dream and I I didn't achieve it, but I, I now know what it takes to make that happen. Yes, good, excellent, excellent. On Apple Music and Spotify, our listeners can hear some of your songs um, that appears on your EP, Talk Too Much. I think it's like yeah. two or three songs right now. But the whole album will be released on October 15th. Three days. Uh, yes, right, right now there's going to be three songs. Three there's songs, a okay. quarter crisis, Talk Too Much, and I'm Not You. Yes, yes, yes. However, they can hear um, some more of your singles be released in 2020, last year, uh, such as Bad Guy, uh, Geek, Famous, and Friends. Um, so, okay, so are, are those songs part one of your story and part two is the Talk Too Much EP or, or like is, is like, do you, do, you, do you have like a full-blown story with these songs or is it just like, like, um. I'd say, um, the singles I put out in 2020, the, those are all produced by my, my really good friend, Corey Shore, and he's absolutely wonderful and he's very, uh, those are very much my hip hop phase and like talk too much. The reason I, I knew I wanted to start a new EP and start doing everything there instead of like working off of geek and everything else is like this, this EP is a lot more rock than it was before. Like I still am a rapper on this right. EP, but it's like, it's definitely a lot heavier. It's a lot more experimental. And it just felt like this is the sound I always wanted to find just because of my love of progressive music and everything else. Like right. talk too much is in five, four time signature, for example. And it's like that, I've never heard someone do that before. And I was like, this is so fun to be able to explore now. And so I, I knew that I wanted to separate the two phases, less so in storytelling, but more in, more in sound. And uh, from a storytelling perspective, like I feel like those early singles were just like, Hey, this is me. I am Minerva. Like I'm a geek. Like, you know, I'm afraid, I'm afraid of growing up. Like, you know, all, all of these like good introductions things so that now on talk too much, I can get a lot deep, deeper. It's like, well, why are you afraid of growing up? Well, here it is. <laughs> and there's a re- yeah. Life right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. 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 Uh, okay. Um, so anybody who wants to, um, visit or even a message, uh, Minerva right here, uh, they can go to your Instagram account, which is I am Minerva underscore. Uh, for, I. So I actually changed it recently. It's now Minerva official with no I. So like M N E R V A underscore official. Uh, the I am was confusing a lot of people, and I was like, okay. I'm, I'm tired of this. Like, okay. We're fixed. <laughs> we'll fix it. Okay. Okay. So, um, but on Facebook, you're on I am Minerva, all all one word. Uh, yes, I do need to fix that, but yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, let me. Uh, okay. So it's M N E R V A Minerva. That's it. Okay. So anybody can find you there. Um, those are the only two social media accounts I've had for you. Are you on like TikTok or? Like yeah, on other. TikTok, I'm also Minerva Official. Uh, I've actually been doing a lot of uh, uh, a lot of theater stuff on there. I, I wrote a new, I wrote a new musical over quarantine, and I've been using TikTok to like uh, build a, build an audience for that, and also promote all my Minerva stuff as well. But uh, the it's been it's been really fun seeing the reactions of people on TikTok, and uh, I've also been using it as a I, I love mashups. That's a very big yeah. part of who I am, how I started my entire love of music. So. I've been posting a lot of mashups on TikTok. They actually have been doing pretty well. Like I think I've gotten nice. like 3,700 followers at this point now. And it's like, you know, that the fact that TikTok can 
do that and do that quickly is always so crazy to me. Right. Yeah. Hey. Um. Yeah. Because I'm on TikTok too, and I'm I'm trying to figure out out too. I'm not sure, you know, what to do with TikTok. You know, so I'm I'm learning too, man. Um. So yeah. TikTok. You don't actually scratch. Though. Apparently, I'm at like 3,900. That's oh, nice. crazy. That's, that's that's better than what we're doing. <laughs> we got like 197 followers right now, but that's okay. You know. It takes time, yeah, you know. Take, I, I get it. Yeah, it takes time to build up, you know. You know, just as they say, you know, hone on your craft and you'll get you'll get far, you know. Yeah, so. and also like with that too, it's like work hard, grind it out, try 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 new things. But also, like, if something is not working, don't just keep doing it. Like you got to pivot. You know what I mean? I feel like so many artists are like, "Oh, well, why isn't this working? Like this should work." And I'm like, "I agree, it should." <laughs> but it's it. Right, yeah, exactly, because, uh, you know, you can work on uh, a video for, like, four hours, and it turns into nothing, you know? Yeah. But, but yeah, you do, like, a 15-second end, but, like, boom, skyrockets. So, exactly. who knows, who knows, who knows? Well, I, I, I do thank you very, very much for coming on the show, and my, uh, my co-worker, my co-worker, my co-host uh, says that he is sorry that he couldn't, couldn't be here tonight. Um, He is busy. No um, but, I, but dude, I love you like a brother because I feel like I got a new Deftones brother right now. Oh. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So th- th- thank you very much for coming on. Hey, yeah. I'll see you around here.